I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to the very last episode in this series of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Remember to log on to www.kungfumovieguide.com for all the latest martial arts movie reviews and interviews and profiles. Keep in touch with me over Twitter. The Twitter name is at KF Movie Guide. And you can send me an email. The email address is hello at kungfumovieguide.com. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. And if you don't have iTunes, then you can also listen to it via our SoundCloud page. Remember to leave a review, leave a bit of feedback and help to spread the word of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. We have a double bill for the very last episode of the podcast, so I hope you enjoy. Bit of bad language on this one. I hope that doesn't bother you too much as we go over now to episode 10 of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. Here we go. Well, if you're really so determined to have a fight, then I'll oblige. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, foo followers everywhere. This is Ben Johnson talking. This is the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast, the very last episode in the series. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. We're going out with a bit of a bang. It's a double bill. Wang In Sick and Ricky Baker are on this show. It's a real treat for Kung Fu movie fans everywhere. And I hope you enjoy the chats that I have with both of those two. Before we get into that, it's been an interesting week. I think you'll agree. Uh, it's been an interesting year, really, hasn't it? In, in the UK and now in America as well. Um, this is a Kung Fu movie show, so we don't uh, get into all of this political stuff. But I just wanted to say to everyone that it's um, important that everyone gets along in the world. And... Um, you know, we should all just do our best to just try and be nice to each other. I think that's um, that's the take-home message uh, from the Kung Fu Movie Guide. And, um, you know, hey, who knows? Just being nice to each other may help to create a more understanding and a, and a better world. So um, there you go. That's my thoughts anyway on all that. Real treat for you this week. Before I get into all that, there's two Indiegogo uh, crowdfunding things that I just wanted to quickly talk about. Uh, on episode five of the podcast, I spoke to uh, David Chung and Yolanda Lines uh, just after they'd screened their short film, The Real Target, uh, at the Fighting Spirit Film Festival, organised by Sue Cole. You can go back and listen to my interview with uh, David and Yolanda there. Uh, they have they are now asking for people to support and raise 
raise money for a feature film version of The Real Targets. Uh, the short film looked very promising indeed, charting the exploits of the kung fu couple. Uh, you can go online to Indiegogo now and uh, put some money towards that. There's a month left to go uh, before they um, get the full funding uh, required to turn The Real Target into a feature movie. And they are two up-and-coming UK martial arts stars uh, and very nice people as well. So go online to Indiegogo, check out the uh, little video they've made and uh, donate some money towards that. And also on Indiegogo, uh, the boys at the Pimp Shoey Chop Socky Bar in London, uh, which I've frequented a few times, they are looking for money to put towards a new business venture. They want to create the Double Bill Cafe and Chop Socky Festival. Um, go online to Indiegogo. There's only nine days left for them uh, to get the final uh, funding that they need, and they're not far off. So uh, if you're listening to this and you like their concepts of uh, a sort of film screening cafe and also a kung fu movie film festival, which... Um, sounds very exciting indeed so there you go that's two uh, ventures that are going on at the moment on indiegogo which uh, deserve your attention and support log on to uh, that website there and donate where you can okay so just trying to keep this uh, little intro as short as possible because we've got quite a lot to pack into uh, today's show of uh, wang in sick the legendary hapkido master and famous for his appearance in the way of the dragon uh, the bruce lee film um, in which he gets beaten up by Chuck Norris and then beaten up by Bruce Lee. Uh, and then later in his career, obviously, uh, those two fantastic fight scenes that he filmed with Jackie Chan in uh, The Young Master and Dragon Lord. So Ricky Baker brought uh, Huang over this year for the Seni Combat and Strength Show. Uh, there he did a, a, a sort of demonstration, he did a Q&A, and he signed quite a few uh, autographs for fans. Uh, I got about uh, 15 minutes with Wang, which was which was great, uh, and not quite long enough to, to go through all the questions that I'd written down. Uh, but um, we just get into, uh, you know, working with Bruce Lee, and we mention uh, Samo and obviously uh, the, the work that he did there at Golden Harvest just before uh, the interview was uh, cut short but that's that's essentially my bad probably for not managing the time a bit better but um, anyway it was it was great to uh, sit down with him uh, and, I, and I do hope that you enjoy this little chat uh, even though it is it is quite brief. Uh, Huang is 76 years old now and he's still teaching Hapkido uh, from his base in Canada. There's a full profile on Huang and Sick on the website uh, comfymovieguide.com so you can read a bit more about uh, him there um, Huang is obviously an absolute legend it was a pleasure to sit and talk to him and also uh, he's the first sort of direct link that I've had with anyone who's who's met or worked with Bruce Lee so so I'd, I'd never met anyone who uh, knew Bruce Lee uh, before and obviously these people are getting a lot older the, the, the these these guys are becoming few and far between so although it's uh, quite brief I do hope you enjoy this conversation that I have with the legendary Huang Insek. Really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> um, first of all, uh, how are you finding London? Have you been to London before? No. Uh, uh, Ricky and Eric, he, he invited me here in London. Yeah. He brought me here. Yeah. Okay. Do you like London? 
It's quite a big city. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like a real life, life yes. living. That feel energy, full energy city, yeah. Do you get to see much in London while you're here? Not much see it, but only a couple of times in and out the city. Yeah, but you like what you've seen of it so far? Uh, so far, so good. Yeah? Because uh, not sleeping country, a uh, life country. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, just tell me a little bit about the UK and Hapkido. Is it, is it, is there quite a strong uh, following for Hapkido over here? Do you know? Okay, UK now <clears throat> time to need a good Hapkido instructor yeah. inquiring because uh, uh, every martial art is good, but especially today they have a uh, many many uh, like only. Business wise, successful instructor rather than uh, how concerned the student teach those kind of things. Okay. So now UK needs some good Hapkido instructor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And um, is that something that will, will where where will they come from? Do you think? Where's the? Uh... Okay. Hapkido, they have a quite a few, which means somehow we can say the many Hapkido federation. Yeah. So instructor is not important, federation not important. Important who who come to teach the right way. Okay, the right way. Yeah. Uh, Hapkido, obviously, is relatively young discipline, past sort of 50, 60 years maybe. Okay, Hapkido meanings, Hapkido uh, special meanings, you can learn woman and man, and it's space even small and large, and sit down, stand up, any circumstance you can learn. Uh, because some martial arts, they inquiring spatial space. Sure. But Hapkido meaning every small or large space, it doesn't matter, okay. they can learn. Okay. Even all people very, which means, for example, we have a lot of joint love. That helps the many uh, adult cases like uh, uh, they can maybe protection the rheumatism, the bone structure, health. So for health, health yeah, reasons. Yeah, health-wise. Yeah. We can think about that way. Okay, okay. Because okay. do you mind me saying you're 76 years old? Is that correct? I was 27 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, you're, you're still fit and healthy and fighting strong. I was here yesterday and I saw your uh, demo. Oh, yeah. uh, and Did you still see throwing people around yeah it was incredible but I'm, I'm what secrets you know we all want to live you know as long as as long as we can I just wonder what your your secrets are to still being so fighting fit uh, my I can't say it's kind of a secret or no so all the time thinking about anything even martial art even business most important your mind you like it or not like it if you don't like it, any good instructor useless. If you enjoy them, they have lots of a chance to develop your speed, energy. What meanings energy? Energy come out meanings you inside from what you like it. Okay. That's energy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's as much up here as yeah, well as yeah, what's yeah. inside. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. His name Tang Long. You 
you've dedicated your whole life to Hapkido. I know you learned Tang Sudo, I believe, was your first system that you learned. Uh, people say, but I'm just a, until start Hapkido now on. Yeah. I'm beginner still. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what is it about the Hapkido system that has kept you uh, so engaged in it for so long? Okay, Hapkido system, or what I say, how synchronized so many people write Hapkido book and what they say for example you know you buy the jet airplane best one if you don't have money it's useless though yeah that is today so many books say what kind of philosophy what kind of theory today you know so many internet why is they killing real things sure which means what I like is think more like a, your mind, body, how make it synchronized, harmonized. Okay, okay. That's most important thing. So, for example, Jesus Christ tell the disciple, why you go field? Uh, I have a very effective, let's say, what do you see it? Yeah. What do you feel it? Yeah. So we can study all the time. That what I say, I learn from the nature, let's say. Okay. Okay. Water flow or energy from who hide knowledge through the low knowledge people. Yeah. That's yeah. energy. Yeah. Okay. Are you quite a spiritual person, would you say? Uh, I don't want to say I'm a very spiritual person, but I keep on looking forward that way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And whatever people believe, it's all fine. Whatever, I guess, being in tune with nature, that's the, that's the key thing that's important. Uh, I want to mention is, for example, I see the people handsome. Handsome. Oh, wow, them I'm jealous because this guy handsome than me. <laughs> right. This guy punch very fast. Yeah, yeah. Them I'm a little bit jealous. Okay. I have a... Uh, Small car, but some people nice, big, low, slow. I'm jealous. Yeah. But what is supposed to be I training? How I decreasing that hate, jealous, that more approach, love. Yeah. Which meaning that is Jesus Christ teach us. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. why I follow. Is that what you teach your students? Do you still teach? You still teach in, uh, in Canada? Of course. Yeah. I teach my student, I don't angry man. Don't be angry. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be angry. You know, sometimes we have to relative thing. I wanna compare faster than him. That compare that knowledge come as soon as evil mind. So tension come right away. Yeah. I say relax, but tension there. Let's say I hit you. Yeah. And you step on some car trap you. Yeah. Let's say, I beat you your hospital. Relax, man. Motherfucker, you pain. How are you? How are you relax? Today, so many fungus religion, fungus martial art yeah. teach that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, that is kind of useless theory. Yeah. So I want more realities, theory way approach. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think then about Hapkido and uh, the way that the system has been portrayed in the films? Okay, 
film is film. Yeah, entertainment. But entertainment. But I strong mention to you guys, film is very effective for advertising. Yeah, no oh, people. Yeah, oh, for people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially young people growing, eating by dreaming. Yeah, that feeling making it children growing mentally, physically. So when you see the martial art the film, you have to see that film, kicking punch or whatever firing scene. Don't think about just firing scene. You come what they say, what they want to tell you. Yeah, in, and, re in real life. Yeah, you, not real. just on the And also movies. that energy flew on, which means I'm kicked. Let's say I'm kicked so fantastic. But no energy. Then not not better than the body or gymnastic. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Going into into movies. I mean, what made you want to go into films anyway? Was it okay? Uh, I was in Korea Hapkido Federation head instructor at yeah. that time. Jackie, uh, not Jackie Chan. I'm sorry about that. Sam Mohong, Angela Mao, other about seven people seven or eight people come to join our school yeah after they go back to Hong Kong Hong Kong Golden Harvest Filling Company they invite me that is start uh, it's all started from yeah, there yeah um, just just with, with that obviously you worked with so many people during your time um, I mean wh who were the standout people that you worked with Sam Hung must have been uh, a, a great uh, person to work with on the set and to do his choreography and everything. Mm. Was Samo a good, um, a good student? Oh, Samo is a nice person. Yeah, uh, very nice and very smart. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. he used hapkido systems, didn't he, in mm. his choreography? So that I can say because his background is Chinese person. Yeah. He used hapkido or no hapkido is up to his. This situation, especially movie meanings, not only particularly martial art to use. Yeah, yeah. Let's say Bruce Lee last of a kick. You don't thinking it is ancient Chinese martial art movie? Before Bruce Lee movie come, everybody flying. Yeah. So which meaning? Maybe Bruce Lee say kung fu, but who know? Korea people say no, it is not kung fu. You guess what? Because uh, martial arts movie meaning whole kind of beauty thing completely in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so in your mind, uh, Bruce Lee, one of the best? Not one of the best? One of the best movie fighters? Uh, okay, uh, yeah, one of the best. But we can't say it's best or no best. Because your wife hands beautiful or my wife beautiful? I have those kinds so many questions that I'm very uh, difficult to answer. Ah, uh, yes, there you go. Wang in sick there. Great to, to sit and talk to him. Uh, sorry, folks, that we didn't properly get into it. Uh, but there you go. It wasn't too bad. Uh, obviously would have loved to have talked a bit more about um, working with Bruce and also getting into the Jackie Chan, working with Jackie Chan in his heyday uh, and also, you know, the stuff that he made with Angela Mao Ying, uh, films like When Taekwondo Strikes, Stoner, 
that uh, very bizarre George Lazenby film, The Association. Oh, he's, he's worked on so many classic Golden Harvest titles. Um, and there you go. That was him in person. Uh, and I hope you did enjoy that. Anyway, I have the following person to thank for that time with Huang in Sick, uh, Ricky Baker, who organised uh, the Huang in Sick event, uh, similar to, to the sort of thing he's been doing for years, really, and bringing over lots of uh, Hong Kong and martial arts movie stars, people like Gordon Liu, Jet Li, um, Chai and Fat. John Wu, Donnie Yen, all of these guys, uh, before they'd really had any major mainstream success. Uh, I've I've met Ricky a few times over the years. Um, He's a fan of the Kung Fu Movie Guides and he's a fan of this podcast. Uh, And it was great to sit and record this interview with him to uh, discuss his career promoting Hong Kong and and Kung Fu cinema uh, over the years uh, from... You know, his time doing magazines and his work in launching titles on VHS and DVD and his contribution to the Hong Kong Legends DVD label uh, and also uh, the events that he's put on and the books that he's published and now his work online as well. So if you go to easternheroes.com, you can check out uh, all of the rare uh, merchandise that Ricky gets hold of that's uh, up for sale for um, Kung Fu collectors around the world um you can also get hold of a lot of the books that he helps to publish uh, through easternheroes.com he's working a lot with the bruce lee historian steve kerridge at the moment steve comes up quite a bit during this chat um and uh, i just wanted to flag up a title bruce lee forever uh, the poster magazine which is now available online through easternheroes.com and that would make the perfect gift for um, the Bruce Lee fan in your life. Um, also, it, it seemed like uh, the perfect symmetry, really, to uh, end the first season of podcast by talking to Ricky after starting uh, back in June by talking to his uh, kung fu movie business partner, Toby Russell. Um, you know, there's a generation of fans, myself included, who um, remain eternally grateful for their uh, hard work over the years uh, in bringing these great movies uh, to the public. So thank you personally, Ricky and Toby. Uh, and without further ado, I will go over now to my conversation with Kung Fu Ricky, Ricky Baker. <laughs> I wanted to just pick up on the Wang Insect event, first yes. of all. Um, was that... Um, how, how did that go? Did you, did you enjoy it? He seemed like he was uh, enjoying himself. He seemed to be having a good time. Well, the last three guests we've done, um, they've been remarkably good, actually. We, we, we started with Wong Zhong Li, yeah. and then we moved on to uh, Chang Chen, yes. and then um, Wang Insect. And what I liked about it was is that not only these people of an older age yeah. but when you see them and they're still so active you you know these people have got a vast amount of experience they've all done movies but they're all genuine martial artists yeah. so when you're doing something like the Seni which is a combat and strength which is both for martial artists and movie fans I think when you get a guest like that in you're getting the best of both worlds you'll yeah. do a demo they'll talk about their movies yeah. it's very interesting you've got different people going there for different reasons some yeah. people are into the art I mean my only concerns in the beginning with Wong in Sick was his age. Yeah. And there's two thoughts in your mind. Grab them now because you just don't know when these people are going to go. True. The UK are quite starved of Hong Kong stars yeah. or martial arts stars, full stop. Yeah. They're quite starved. And 
you know, I've tried to bring as many as I can. The problem is what you're always worried about is, is who's going to turn up. It costs a lot of money. Yeah. And you're not going there to make a fortune, but you would like to, you know, break even. Yeah. And you've got to give these stars, they always want to come with somebody. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you've got to entertain them. And you've got to put them at ease because you want to get the best out of them. Wang in sick. I always thought at the beginning in the back of my head, he's an oldish guy, he might be difficult. Sure. Actually, because we picked him up on the Thursday and spent a day or so with him, he was a really funny, nice guy. Yeah. And by breaking that sort of friendship together, um, you then get them ready. You know, you think, how much can I push these people? Yeah. Everybody wanted to know about Bruce Lee. Yeah. Genuinely, it's a subject he doesn't really like to talk about. Yeah, now I got 10 minutes with him. I had a list of about 50 questions. It was silly. There was no way I was going to get through them all. Um, but uh, I just got onto the subject of Bruce Lee. And then I thought, you know, this guy, he's had this all day. By the time I spoke to him, you know, it was on the second day, people would have asked him a million questions already about working with Bruce Lee, working with Jackie Chan. Um, but did you get any, what stories did you get out of him? <clears throat> well, I said to him at dinner, I said, you know, it's fair enough. He is a talent in his own right. Yeah. It's no good bringing a guest in to talk about somebody else. Yeah. But they are quite aware. And Wong in Six says to me, what do you say when somebody asks you? If you say, I didn't like them, they're going to not like you. Or if you're going to, if you, anything you say is that there's so many Bruce Lee stories mm. that you're either using Bruce to build up your own career yeah. or make yourself more than what you are. Yeah. Or you can tell a few anecdotes. It's a long time ago. Mm. Um, He said that when he met Bruce, he was very intense, but also very cocky, but a nice guy. Yeah. And he said to me privately, he said, if you watch films after um, when I met Bruce and we did a little bit of train together, he said, you'll see his kickings improve. Sure. He said, but you have to be very careful. You don't want to get big-headed. Yeah. And also, he said, when he, he went for some Korean food with Bruce and they talked, he believes in his own heart, this is just his feeling, and yeah. this is what he told me, that if Bruce maybe had not gone for the film side and just continued for a while in the arts, sure. would he have lived? You know, he said... He had the same opportunity, a lot of film roles. He still gets called today. And he said, you know, Bruce Lee died. What would have happened? Could I got sucked into that Hollywood, that thing way? He said, you know, I often question myself because Bruce was a very intense guy and talked about martial arts with a passion, he said, you know, yeah. on that side of it. And But also he wanted to break America. Yeah. And maybe that cost him his life. Mm. You know, the stress, the worry, yeah. the, the, you know, he was nervous on the set and then to the drug. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's a big thing. He's a Chinese guy that's now going to try and become a box office star in America. And he said, you know, I just wonder, you know, had he have just decided to follow his art yeah. and maybe not try movies and just go off and become yeah. the best at what he can... Would he have lived longer? I don't know. Mm. You know, would he have been more true to himself? I don't know, he said. But for me, that was an example of why I stayed out of the movies, because I yeah. can see that he can take people in and churn them up. Yeah, yeah, because that's what he did, wasn't it? He retired pretty early, in mid-70s. Yeah, and... uh, because really he 
was a martial artist yeah, yeah. foremost. If you want to really be, I mean, he's, he's, he's the number two in the world. He's the head of the federation. Yeah. And look at him. He's 76. He, he's fitter than me. He's sprightly. Yeah. He's still teaching. He's enjoyed his life. He said, I've not got really any money. Yeah. He doesn't have many students. But he's happy. He's yeah. happy with his wife. He's had a full life. More Maybe sometimes really. you can set goals mm. where they be like, and damn writing, I'm going to be a star now. And for some people, it can break them. Yeah, I believe, you know, it can break them, especially when you've raised the bar like Bruce Lee mm. and the world is watching you. Yeah. So he finds it quite difficult, but he respects him. He, he, he said he was so fast. And because they were both genuine martial artists, he loved to talk to the martial artists. So they artists. respected each other on that. Yeah, on that, on that there was way. no dislike between yeah. them. I heard a story, though, it's in Bay Logan's book, where mm. Bruce Lee cast... Wang and Sick in Way of the Dragon because apparently the rumour was that Wang and Sick was bad-mouthing Chinese Kung Fu or something. He was on the set of Hapkido, I think, mm. and he had been saying some derogatory terms about Chinese Kung Fu. Bruce Lee then casts, casts him in Way of the Dragon where he just gets the shit kicked out of him. Um, <laughs> whether that's true... Did you hear anything like that? I've... I've you can always hear the stories. Yeah. Can you clap? I can only tell you what I've heard yeah, and spoke yeah. to the people. Sure. And one thing I felt, if Wong in Sick was a little bit disjointed, mm. so if you watch him in Where the Dragon, he is not really allowed to use his skills. Yeah, he's not. Then you go on to something like Dragon Lord and Young Master, where Jackie gives him a free run. It's a fantastic, fantastic. fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe you feel a little bit, you know, when you're going into a film with Bruce Lee, uh, if you're not going to be the main fighter, you take a back you, you know, so it was a quite a, it was quite a, it was never showcasing him. Whether that felt, you know, that, you know, he could have had a bit better fight, I don't know. But his sure. truth was, is, you know, Jackie and other films he's done, he was allowed to use his ability. You've got a high ranking martial artist yeah. there. Yeah. You know, don't use him like an extra. You've met Shannon before, haven't you? You've Long time ago at the Dorchester Hotel. Was she? How did how did that come about? Well, she was there to give a award. I was at the. Um, it was like a. a, a um, it was an award ceremony for people who've achieved in, in. But they decided to give her father an honorary one. I see, and she picked up on, she on was, his behalf, and, and she came in on his behalf. Interesting. And yeah, I mean. It, it was okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. Once I sat down and had a, you know, I've, I've never really sat down and chat. Oh, I've never met Linda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've met Robert Lee, though, haven't you? I've, I've spoke to him on Skype. Everybody's got their story to tell. Um, and you just wonder how much of it has been readjusted yeah. to make you salivate, you know what I mean? You know, yeah, you look at the biggest thing on it. You say, the saw in the head scene, it was one scene which is, which is a few, it won't change anything to the film. But people have obsessed, you know what I mean? And if you put it in, it's not like there's a whole <laughs> fight scene missing. Sure. It won't happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen. And, and so the, the, I think Bruce's popularity is very good. That's why we've published the magazine. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's why we try to evoke. We don't try and rehash stuff. We bring stuff that Steve works diligently on. I'm seeing photographs, colour photographs, yeah. to try to do what you try and listen. I'm down here with the people. I'm a fan. I'm down yeah, here. If yeah, you're up yeah. there, in sort of like uh, um, higher management, or, or, or uh, they don't really know. They're not in yeah. touch. Yeah. You know, we, Steve's done a brilliant documentary which was screened called King of Kung Fu, yeah. which I'm sure they would beg to put on an extra if they yeah. reissued the 80s. It's a really good documentary. It's sure. got a part two. 
Give Steve Kerridge a job to make a documentary. It yeah. will be factual. It will be good. We you should know? say that this is Steve Kerridge. Steve has done uh, uh, quite a few f- uh, f- uh, photo-led books, hasn't he, on uh, charting the life of Bruce Lee. He's done a lot Steve of... Steve did a the... Lot of, well, this is how stuff. we met, really, because Steve had done um, Legend of Bruce Lee 1 and 2. It's more Where the Dragon, two mm, volumes. Yeah. The third volume was struggling. I, I met with Steve back a few years ago, and um, through me, Toby... We decided to do this. It was the first time we dabbled into it, and we yeah. did this book on Weather Dragon. Steve is, I've met many people. Mm. I know a lot of Bruce Lee fans, and there's some knowledgeable. Nobody. I've got Toby Russell, I think, is the best voice on old school. Sure. Nobody in this world will touch him. Yeah. I don't care. And Steve is up there, if not one of the best, with his, uh, you know, you've got him, David Tadman, you've got um, a, a few people up there that are very, very knowledgeable, and, and it's like, these people should have the voice to yeah. go out there and let's not have all this hidden stuff. Let's not have all this, you know, because you, you try and find the, the, like the ATV, the TV shows, they're all missing, they're all taken away. Which seems bizarre to me. There's so much. Yeah. If you that sort of thing, you could make it as a conspiracy. Exactly, and who's sitting on this stuff? Like, there must be some, it must Who be knows? No, well, listen, there's rumours of flares. There's rumours there's a big boss print. There's rumours. Listen, yeah. it does exist. Yeah. Bruce did a lot of TV interviews. Yeah, he did. Why they're all missing? Well, I don't know, but maybe that adds to the mystique and to yeah. the whole... If you've got it all on a plate now, it's like if you said aliens have landed. All the UFO, all the stuff you're watching on YouTube and think, oh, it, it now doesn't mean anything yeah. because it's a fact. Yeah. You know, I've seen UFO, yeah, well, we know they exist. Yeah. So maybe if these elements of Bruce, they come about and it's all thrown on the table, maybe it just becomes yeah, normal. exactly. But while there's a mystery... Do you think that fuels the... Because you run Kung Fu Bay, we should talk about that. No, 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 it's not well. changed it. It's not Kung Fu Bay anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is interesting. So what's... Uh, what Have you relaunched, rebranded? Well, we... I did have Kung Fu Bay, um, but I... We sat down at a rethink, and it came um, this year where um, I took over... It was originally Hate Media. I took over the publication of Bruce Lee for Heaven, the magazine, sure. which is doing very well. Yeah, yeah. And um, this is a collection of old sort of uh, paparazzi sort of shots, isn't it? it really? Each issue defines a moment. The newest one out is going to be June Reed, the Dominican Republic. There's G. Kondo, there's Big Boss. There's so much elements of Bruce Lee that you yeah. can do 50 of these magazines, but keep it not just doing it for the money. You yeah. can actually then concisely put pictures and timelines together and make um, a, a, like a, a really in depth. And Steve writes it, it, it's in depth, you know what I mean? It's yeah. really, it, it, we wanted to go back to the old Kung Fu monthlies, we thought they were great. Doing a book, which we're working on right now, yeah. it's very time consuming. Yeah, but the poster max keeps Bruce, keeps you in the public eye, mm. as long as you're giving the people something that they think, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not like if you see a lot of books, it's just the same yeah. same things but but running these online stores that you do you're on the front end really of, of gauging you know the popularity of of, of certain subjects yeah well I'm, I'm, that's one the front guy for it Steve Steve David the, the, you know they're the, the authorities yeah. they've, they've got the archive of stuff I'm a salesman yeah but I'm a knowledgeable salesman, yeah. so you know, and I've been out there for a long time, so I've got a good name. So I decided when we changed it to take over that, I would call it Eastern Heroes, not Kung Fu Bay. It sounded like eBay, you know, it was just a name I picked up, remarketed it, rechanged the server, got a new guy called Paul who did a great job for me, yeah, and and remarketed it, but then started to try and create um, a really unique website, you know, what yeah, I mean, but yeah. at the same time, creating goods, not spying, but creating a range of goods like the poster magazines, like the books, and 
you know, establishing ourselves that we are probably at the moment. That in the world, there's nobody doing what we do. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't. Concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. Bruce Lee, like anybody, will keep gathering new audiences. Yeah. You know, his films have come out on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, now 4K. I'm sure there'll be hologram versions before yeah. 2020. <laughs> so, so there's a hardcore following. But I tend to feel what, what I would like to do more is in the future is do our events between here, Japan, which supports us, and America. Because a lot of... You do these events, and you, you, there's so many people like Bruce Lee or like this, and you bring out and think, well, it should be packed. You know, when yeah. I used to do the Scholar Cinema in the 80s, they queued around the blocks. Sure. You know why? There was no internet. They couldn't find the films. We were the pioneers of going to Hong Kong, bringing back the movies, bringing in Chow Fat, Jet Li, Donnie yeah. Yen. Before they were there, you know what I mean? We pioneered, we, we broke so many molds. Yeah, yeah. You sort of set the groundwork, really, for for all of that and for, for getting so many people in the UK just you know involved and enthusiastic you know, do you know about... the nicest thing is, is 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 people that you know when you go onto Facebook and you meet people you haven't seen for a while how you took them away not just from Bruce you introduced them to other stars at the time they didn't know like Eastern Continent Sam Hung you know they knew Jackie Chan but there was such a paucity which I word on like which means not very much um, of this on the, on the shelves Warners had done some Shaw Brothers yeah. you know and then we went and got approached by um, Vinyl Solution through a friend of ours called um, Jonathan. Um, and they um, they were releasing, they were doing bands, they were a record company, but okay. the two French guys loved Hong Kong cinema. And we, when they sold their S-Express uh, band to Time Warner, I think, they had some money and they said, you know, we want to do a VHS video label. Um, we think you and Toby are the guys to do it, and we want to do them subtitled. It was unheard of, but yeah. we'd, we'd noticed that at the time in Virgin, subtitled films like Sharana de Bergerac and, and Art House films were growing on Tartan. Sure. And yeah, they yeah. said, wouldn't it be great to do them in widescreen? At the time, that was like, wow. You know something? People are left now, but back in 89, 90, 91, when we were considering this, People used to complain, say, what's those black bars? You know what I mean? Yeah. But don't you realise in a kung fu film on 4.3, you miss a lot. It's yeah. fighting. So we were fight- we were kept trying to break barriers and say, you know, have it widescreen. You know, when we went and started our own label up, it had to be letterbox. And some people, and then slowly, 
the widescreen TV come yeah, in. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, but it was a battle to do a, a widescreen film in subtitles. Yeah. It really, and we broke them all again. We released a selection of films, some Shaw Brothers with them, and it was a success. Was that the Made in Hong Kong label? That's Made in Hong Kong. That's Made in Hong Kong, yeah. No, yeah, no, no. A few of those. Yeah, um, yeah Made in Hong Kong, yeah. something of Hong Kong. Yeah. Made in Hong Kong, yeah. Yeah. And that broke ground. It broke ground again when we departed from them, started our own label, and then we was approached by Medusa to create Hong Kong Legends. Yeah, of course. So when you see MAI or Hong Kong, all these labels, me and Toby yeah. were behind it. Yeah, we didn't yeah. have the money. Yeah. But this we were is what I find fascinating because it was just you, it was a real DIY operation, but growing up, and I was buying a lot of mm. that stuff, um, you, you thought there was teams, hundreds of people working on this stuff. Do you know what I mean? There was, it was very prolific. There were magazines, there were shows, there was the The videos, only way you could DVD. make that grow at the time when we was doing that was have shows to bring yeah. people into it. Okay, sure. you've got this social media now, but when we did that, when we did Hong Kong Legends, I remember Maggie Chung coming over, I remember John Wu coming over. Yeah. And it really worked hand in hand and you had a, we had a big fan base. You yeah. know, I'll tell you a little story that make you laugh. I was asked to go to take a film over to Berlin for a Berlin Film Festival. They wanted to screen some Hong Kong films. We took Tiger on the Beat and A Better Tomorrow too. Sure. On that same bill that night, when we arrived there, me and a guy called Ken Miller, um, with the Prince, we, we were put up in a squat. It was quite funny, you know, we weren't royalty or nothing. But on that same bill was a young... Um, uh, what's his name? The guy who did the guy who did Lord of the Rings. What's his name? Um, uh, the Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Right? Yeah. So Peter Jackson's there with his film Brain Dead. Right. Yes. But Peter okay. Jackson's on the street and he's people are, uh, are around him. Me and Ken are walking down the road and I've got a suitcase full of Eastern heroes. So I get close to him. I says he's bloody heavy. That's coming apart. So I open it up and all these Eastern heroes and the people turn around and they said, "My God, it's Rick Baker!" And they left Peter Jackson and mobbed me. And they called uh. me the king of the the king of the black market. Right. It's a great title. And, and, and I remember seeing Peter later and he said, wow, who are you? He said, Rick Baker, he's like the special effects guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, no, I do. He said, well, he was, he was into martial arts. Yeah, I mean, and we become friends for a while wow. during that there. But at that stage, because of the, what we were releasing, me and Toby, and the films we were getting, the rare films, yeah. you know, we were, we were like held in esteem. Oh, God. But, but there's no one else doing it. But when we went to Hong Kong Legends, they had the money to do the stuff that we couldn't, we could never have done it. They had the budget, sure. they could bring, we were releasing sort of B star films, old kung fu films, we were doing okay. Yeah. But to do justice and to do, I mean, Brian White, who worked for me, I passed him on to them, they represented me. And what happened was, is, we were just there at the beginning of DVD. That's right. And we'd been to Hong Kong to buy some movies, a package. We were trying to cherry-pick the best. And they weren't too sure it was going to go. But they had a film called Drive, which they released and it failed. Mark and I said cast. to them, you know what? Great film. Let's... No, but if you saw the HBO version... Oh, right. The TV. <laughs> so I'm, I got all of Steve Wang, and me and Brian went to LA, and we said, where's your original print? We want to... News have got this. We want to reach it on DVD. Sure. The first people to do an audio track. We made a documentary, if you watch in there, called The, the Calm Before the Storm. Sure. We got Mark Dukaskos, we were there. And we put this, and they, they were really enthusiastic. So we did this film for, for one of the, the first releases for Hong Kong Legends. And it's still now the top 300 all time bestseller. So drivers are breaking yeah. into it. Crouching Tiger came out, and all of a sudden the investment we'd bought quite early with them because Crouching Tiger raised the bar. Mm. Brian, you know, was was brilliant at constructing these DVDs. We've got Bay Logan doing the, the the talking. Yeah, yeah. And they become such a standard 
people have to have in VHS that you know that template Uncle Legends Den, which we were behind, yeah. was the best DVD level for Absolutely. conference. Absolutely, and yeah. you know people would just buy it. What's the next release? Because yeah. of the extras. And that was at the beginning of DVD, you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was yeah, it was a brilliant uh, time. Um, it was so lucky for them because we were a bit, you know, we knew the Bruce Lees, but we were buying stuff, Legend of a Fighter, you know, we loved it. Yeah. But are we just being single-minded because we're, it's all underground. Yeah. Um, and, and, and with Crouching Tiger coming out, absolutely yeah, that's changed funny. That was the, the face. And you were making a, a living off the back of Eastern Heroes was a fully functioning I've business. I've actually that only was... ever worked in martial arts since 1988 i do it now i don't have a job this is it i'm i'm a i'm a so I, you I, are living you're living i it. live yeah. it's yeah. my job i run the the company i run this i do the promotions it's i've never worked <laughs> since yeah. 1988 when i was a croupier i'm a, i'm a full-time one of the probably only full, few people yes there's a full-time yes. bringer in a star selling memorabilia yeah. and doing that you know what i mean yeah i realize i still can't break through your armor but I can find your weak spot. Just you try it! So, Rick, you've got to see the scene as being pretty healthy still. I mean, you've seen it go in peaks and troughs, I'd imagine, over, <clears throat> over the, the last... It's not so healthy at the moment, because the spate of films coming out are very not... I just don't seem to be appeasing the appetite. Where you have got, with the good thing about a kung fu film, is, is that people still love the old-school films. They yeah. will still be very much into... That you know, so the, the the kung fu film, if you're into it, you're into it. But I'm afraid to say, if you're into, uh, it's like watching a western from the sixties or seventies or a musical. You, you're not going to compete today. Sure. There are films that filter through that are very very good, but for the by and large of it, they don't seem to have the effect. But w- what these stars do now, like Jackie and that, they go to China and it's a hit, regardless. True. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're brands now as you well. Know, so they? that's it. So they're going to make them before it's yeah. Japan and that. You know what I mean? But yeah, they're yeah. down at, look, the DVD market. There isn't one in the UK. Yeah. That's where you see the stars. You know, HMB, but no, Woolworths, yeah. and they are three big suppliers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, without them, it doesn't work anymore. So that whereas other countries still have a reasonable market. Yeah. Now it's and and people can go into Yes Asia. They don't have to wait for a release here you know they want an uncertificated you know and they'll buy it from overseas it's sure, easy sure. I took a break from this whole thing I was not around for a while and when I come back four years ago it was a whole different market but mm-hmm. I've utilised that you mm-hmm. know what I mean the whole thing is different before it was going to Hong Kong bringing back the DVDs uh, people sending you a post order or checking the, in, the, in the thing having stalls up and down the country um, I tell you know people ring on the phone saying have you got this have you got that it's completely changed now yeah, and the only yeah. way I could survive was to adapt yeah. very quickly yeah. to and the, you saw market. you foresaw that then you could see where the market was going and sure. you knew the internet was going to be the next big thing once, they, once we could find a way of people being able to send money without fear of it being taken and have some trust Yes, PayPal now has revolutionised yeah, it and then you, you could, it's, it's much easier today you know yeah. it's safer it's easier you're not sending your credit card on the back of a form in a postal or yeah. you know, in the back of a thing. It has changed. It's killed it as well. Yeah. Because me and Toby were real hunter, tr- treasure hunters, we call ourselves. You know, going over the, the world, looking for these rare tapes and bringing them back. Yeah. It was a big thing for us. So people, we, but now, you, you know, that, going around the video shops, it doesn't exist yeah. anymore. When you came back online, you set up your Facebook page. My um, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, what was it? it? Oh, really? It's what someone sort of persuaded A friend of you. mine just said, you know, um, an old friend of mine 
was playing Scrabble and she said to me, go on, we can play at night time, you can do the Scrabble or chess or whatever. And I said, I hate that, I don't want to go on Facebook. And I went on there and I remember just doing it. And then when I woke up next morning, there's about 14 friends requests from people I knew. And it just, as word got round, because people thought I was dead. <laughs> people thought, you know, I was dead. You know, where's he gone? He's disappeared. But I was here all yeah. the time at Stratford. Yeah. Um, and it just sort of happened and people were starting to say, oh, you know, my wife's not very happy because I've gone up the attic and I've started getting on my kung fu, you know, they've, you've reignited my, you know, they've all gone quiet for them, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. They've all gone quiet. Yeah. And, you know, so you come on there, so I thought, okay, I'll revolutionise it, we'll set up a kung fu page, do this. Now there's tens of thousands. Sure, you sure. You know, there's tens of thousands. The only way you can keep people coming to your page or keeping on there is to be in front, Yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but you must have been reassured when you launched that that the audience was still there and, and ready and was, was waiting for something like that. Um, I, I felt... What it was is I was selling a few things of Toby's on Facebook yeah. and it was doing quite well and I thought, you know, that, that, that's when I thought, you know, you need an online... And I was doing eBay yeah. and I thought eBay's expert, you know, realistically, let's, let's create my own shop yeah. and try to make it a little bit unusual, you know, putting things yeah. in there. And, and then it developed into books. It sort of grows organically. Yeah. You, you, you never have a real vision. You just sort yeah. of go with it. That, that's how you survive. Sure. If, you've got a, if you've got a plan in your head, sometimes you stick to it rigidly. You've got to be very flexible yeah. and, you know, do mugs or do records, do this, do T-shirts. You've got to have a wide net yeah if you just sit the there and just do as well. and be it's like a dj you can't play all the records you like yeah and it's like a shop you can't just put in there or do things that you want you know sure. because people have a different taste sure so you've got to speak to the wider audience what are the key things that are selling then at the moment Ricky? the poster mag does very well yeah posters old you know because i've got Collectors access to bay logan now to the golden harvest archive sure which is all original so you know it's me it's original it's the real thing yeah. and we've managed to bring the prices down because you know the, 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 there's a few of these of each so you, you try to be fair you want people to be able to buy something poster which might cost 100 quid two years ago yeah if you find 10 or 15 you can say well it's 30 quid you know what i mean like you know sure. I, I own something it's a piece of history yeah bruce lee is is still the biggest selling thing. Yeah, he's you the know, autographs. You, you, I look at everything, mugs, whatever it is. You know what I mean. But what you, what I do do as somebody that knows the market, I try and make everything very limited. Yeah. So it becomes a collector's piece. Sure. I'm just doing some binders right now for these, for the, this. I saw them. Yeah, and, yeah, that's cool. And so people can run because, it, you, but you make it limited. So people, people have got it ten years, twenty times. They think, oh yeah, it's valuable. Yeah. yeah. It isn't mass produced like Kung Fu Monthly, and yeah. so we're not rich enough to do that but if you do limited items it makes the collector's piece do you still go back and revisit some of the classic films and if so which are the ones that you you still go back to funny enough enter the dragon is a lot for me and when it comes on tv i I always seem to have watched it because the night i went and saw that i'd been turned down twice i was so upset and i'd listened to it i ended up seeing an AA film, I think, Glenda Jackson, Touch of Class. I just looked very, very young. Yeah. And it was an X-rated. It was movie, X-rated. Wasn't it? Yeah. I'm now 14. It's 1974. So sure. you know, you see, I'm getting on there towards 60. It's 1974. Um, we've walked the dogs, and me and my, uh, and, and no, the week before, uh, two weeks before, I'd got in to see King Boxer. That was my first film. Wow. With Deliverance, I'd sat down, and did this thing, and it was. It was something else to me. People might look at it from yeah. now. When, you, when you've got nothing to compare it with, King Box, yeah. it was like, well, I'd seen it on Weekend of Sport, The Head Butter. But going to see Enter the Dragon, it was a sad night. It was a great night and a sad night for me because 
I went and we got in. But I had to sit through this film called Black Eye. Right. And I was worried because three times before I've been into Strong X's and the usherettes come down with a torch. Come on, laddie. Sure. We'll call them. And the police station was only over the road. Where was this then? This, this was... is Hinkley. Okay. This is Hinkley, Leicestershire. Yeah. And so we've got in and I've come out of that film and I am, I can't express how I felt. Not only that you could, I'm sure like everybody, fight people, do this. And I've gone home and I've, as I've got to my house, I'm skipping, I noticed that the door's open and I wanted to tell it and... My mum had left home. She hadn't told me, so she'd left from my dad. So wow. all my enthusiasm's now gone back into this house, and there's nobody there. My mum's gone. And On the so night it, that you yeah, yeah, watched the night, Enter the Dragon you know for the first time. It was time. the biggest high, and to come home and see that your mum had left because wow. of problems in the marriage. Yeah, uh, I just couldn't comprehend it. I thought, wow, it's really just taking the edge off it. You know, I mean, my mum left for the right reasons. Um, but she, you know, I was at school and she, she just made that one break that night. She paid me to go. I thought, that's a bit kind of her. She yeah. gave us 50p. I said, go and get some sweets. Me and my mate. And, and I got in. I mean, I could have come back home and caught and got in and we'd have been moving. But yeah. I, I went back and she had gone. And it was, so it was a real, it was a fantastic night and a very sad night. But that's two like, quite life-changing events on the same night. Because yeah. obviously, you know, with your mum going, but then also... You know, you've then spent the rest of your life as a Bruce Lee fan. That was the first night in Do you know something? Your, your... I don't know it's about Bruce. I've got a lot to thank him for because without him, I wouldn't be here today. But, you know, I saw in the news of the world when he died, this that small picture. Mm. And we didn't know what really what Kung Fu was then. This is back when he died in 73. And I kept that paper. And I, I become, you know, I've tried a lot of things in my life. I don't use stick at it. But martial arts, is, it's like it's been embedded in me I've yeah. tried to get out of it but you're yeah. there and as long as you've done as long as when you and when you finish all this you look back and you put books out there you've done this you feel as if you've been born for a reason you yeah. know what I mean you yeah. know, whether you're loved or hated you know if me and Toby and I'm linked up the yeah. Kung Fu scene would not be like it is yeah, now true. I promise you you true. know what I mean all these people are watching stuff stuff we innovated yeah. the whole lot yeah, yeah. And, and the DVDs we set up Hong Kong Legends we set up Made in Hong Kong we yeah, was behind yeah. MAI they saw us. They saw us as two enthusiastic kids. That they were just gonna, yeah. Let's just take these yeah. ideas. We've got the money. But you know, you took it all the way and then into television as well. Yeah. You know, you met up with Jonathan Ross. Yeah. You know, you helped him with the what was the show called? Incredibly. Stop Kung Fu. Oh, the Stop uh, Kung no, Fu. I, started, came no, I met Jonathan yeah, yeah. Incredibly Kung Fu show. Yeah. You know, I met him on the Incredibly Kung Fu show. Didn't you set up the first? Because he interviewed Jackie Chan for the first it time. Was, it was. No, he wanted to do Bruce Lee. Yeah. And. I said to him, because we had just done the first... Eden saw it because we had posters for the first Scala event, which was Project A2, Eastern Condors, and Shanghai Express. What a triple bill. It's amazing. And I talked him into... I said, look, Golden Harvest then was at their offices. We used to go in there, in Wardorf Street. And so I said to him, you know, why don't you do Jack in? I think then he got in touch with Rick Mayers, and he went out and the show was a success because yeah. but then we had this other brainwave I said to him why don't you do a season of films on Channel 4 in subtitles yeah and we'd watch Rouge and this and we went over and, con- and he convinced Channel 4 that's the first time people got to see these films like yeah. Mr Vampire Rouge I, I remember I because it. I'd seen Chinese Ghost Story on BBC One a year yeah. or two earlier yeah. and with Tony Raines giving a commentary and people coming what the hell's this film sure. and they knew that. so that season that we did, that we put on there, that I said you should do this on TV. People are never, and and they went for it, yeah. and they did that season. 
and so um, jo- Jonathan Ross went to the shows at the Scarlet then did he is that, is that he where came, that he came to, to, to the one when we launched the shop you know, sure. It, yeah. You know, he 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 didn't. I used to go around his house quite a bit. I mean, we were good mates. And he's a huge kung fu movie look, fan. Just like I was good mates for a while with Tarantino. I haven't seen him for a while. He found me because he'd read my book, The Essential Guy. Yeah, yeah. And when they come, what well, Tarantino did, found you? Tarantino. Well, I was at the screening of Reservoir Dogs for the BFI yeah. at Empire, right. and we went to see it. And um, I'd just done the little pitch show not before that Mary Foster up with Brandon Lee. I met Brandon. You know, wow. so nice. yeah, yeah. And um, a guy called, a martial arts doctor called Jeff Wincott had said he's just seen at Cannes, this film, Reservoir, you've got to see it. Right. I actually wrote a review for Impact without seeing it, yeah. saying, I'm not seeing this film, but you've got to see it. Just knowing it was going to be good. And then afterwards, people gathered around him, and there was Harvey Keitel, and, and he, 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 you know, and, and uh, we were just saying, I said to him, God, that's like watching a Chinese film. He goes, yeah, did you know, we got this comedy. He was all over the place. Said, yeah, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, he seems quite hyperactive. I said, yeah, yeah, and he yeah. was going, shit, yeah, fuck yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, this is it. I said, Jesse, it looks like, you know, I said, a bit of city wars. He says, yeah, how do you know that? I said, oh, no, I'm just, I'm Rick Baker. Rick Baker. Oh, I've read your book, you know, and it was like him for a moment wow. being there, you know, with me, and we become friends, you know what I mean? And yeah. I went to a few things, you know, when he did Nottingham, when he came over. Well, he based, I mean, Reservoir Dogs is based on City on Fire, it's yeah. based on a Hong Kong film. So he well, he was watching, I mean, he just, from... they, he just think the audience, and he, you know, I remember being trapped with, I went to CHS Film Festival and did the world premiere Black Mask, and Tarantino was there. And I remember when I come through the green room, he went, "Fucking Rick, how are you?" You know what I mean? And, then, and I said, "I brought black mask." He said, "Oh, I've got my girlfriend coming in later, Marisavina. I really want to see it." He said, "What can I do?" He said, "I'll tell you." What. I said, do you, "Do you want me to make you famous?" I said, "Please, yeah." Sure. He said, "What we're going to do is, they were showing, believe it or not, uh, Peter Greenaway's Death Death by Numbers, or, or very boring art house film. Right. <laughs> the Midnight film had not been." Announced, so sure. people are going to watch it. It's going to be a special surprise. Yeah, yeah. I got the print to them. I'd have to carry. I'd have to beg Charles Hearn to give it me. It was like right. number one try. You know, it was yeah, a really yeah, heavy yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. He trusted me and let me take it. I carried that in there. They had to create like a, a subtitle, like beam on the subtitles in in Spanish, because they couldn't touch the print. And Tanzia said to me, "You know what? Um, I want to come." He said, "Look, why don't you when when they go on stage?" I'm going to tell the organisers I'm not coming, and they're going to announce it, and they're going to shoot, and 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 then you're going to come over to my room and knock, and say, please come. Yeah. And he said, you know what, Rick, for you, I'll do it. And I said, you'll be a hero. I said, yes, great, I love it. Wow. So, so the thing, I went up on stage and I had a Spanish translator, and I said, I've just heard Tarantino, and all these people there, the knew was there, and they were going, ah. I said, you know what? I know which room is in. I'm going to go knock on his door yeah. and I'm going to go and try and convince him to come over. And they went, yeah, yeah. So I went with the two organisers and we went over and knocked on his door and the door opened. I saw him around and he's in, he's in his boxer shorts and just a T-shirt. He says, what, what do you want? Rick, what, what are you doing here? I said, you know something? I said, this black mask is going on. I know you're looking for films from Miramax. I know yeah. you like Jet Li. What would it take for you to come and join the cinema? Because you know what? Anybody else asked me, but for you, I'm coming for fucking Rick. <laughs> and we walked back in, me and him, and the audience went just crazy. Went mad, yeah. And they roped off this area, and just me and him sat there. And he said, you know, at the end of this, we're going to be mobbed. He said, you're going to be mobbed. He said, you can... And he said, so we got up, and I remember Xavier and uh, Lewis, um, sadly who died just recently, Lewis, um, they took us 
to the crowds around us and we went to the exit door and we locked him. We felt them pushing and pushing. So we just all sat down, the four of us, and we started to write a script called Born Invincible <laughs> with Che and Fat as this killer is going to come in. This, this, in fact, Mel Gibson did it later where the guy had his daughter taken and we were... Yeah, the guy said, I'm going to give the 10,000 we're going to get sure, Born sure. Invincible to come in. Great idea. And then next morning... When they finally went, I went down. I'd been there the day before, and when I went into the breakfast area, nobody wanted to. I mean, I walked in that morning. Women and Rick, Rick, do you want to join us on the table? Director, I'm not going to drop names. Directors that yeah, because pretty, they pretty thought, big, yeah, big yeah, 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 yeah. You know something? Oh, I wish I, I was flying out at one o'clock, and that I got completely mobbed because yeah. I thought this guy, he's got influence of Tarantino. Yeah. We want him. And he was that hot at the time, you know what yeah, I mean? He was that hot. Yeah. He does done Pulp Fiction. Wow. He was buzzing. Yeah. And so I got treated, and it was quite a come down to leave the building, so, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I like, can oh. imagine, I can imagine. <laughs> I heard an interview with you um, where you said the, the one interview you did and one event that you did where you felt quite nervous about was Chai and Fat. Now, was that, I mean... What were the reasons behind Chai that? You're just was a my really hero. big fan. Those today, and yeah. when you, when you were going to make, it took us two years to get that. Yeah, thing, sure. You know the the effort we put into it. Not him, because his wife was quite tough, Singapore and Jasmine. Sure. And I remember, yeah, I went and 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 he was really nice. He came up there, put his arm and said, "You know, you're a, he's a really lovely guy. I yeah. can't express it." And he said to me, "I come on the stage tomorrow." He said, "You know." I'm gonna, they're going to hate you by the time I finish with you. And I said, oh, Rick, you know, they don't hate you. And I said, oh, don't, they'll kill me. Because, ah, oh, don't worry, don't worry. You know, laughing. And I remember that moment. I didn't know, I hadn't seen him that day. And he dressed up as Mark Gore. Yeah. And suddenly, the end of the thing, it was the end scene. As I've seen from anyone, it's da, 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 da. And he went down and he'd come out. And the crowd didn't really know who he was. Sure. They'd seen the killer. Yeah. A few of the diehards had bought Bella tomorrow from me, and that. So this is early 90s, isn't it? Or this is 93. This... Yeah. If I remember wow. rightly. Wow. And he come on that stage and he, they, he was fantastic. And he, 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 did he just exude? I like just wanted to be in the of... audience. Yeah. When you're meeting your hero, you don't want to be the one interviewing him. You don't want to be the one. You want to, yeah, want to you know. And it was show. so up. And I drove him around for a week, just like I. Uh, and and next day, so I'm going to do full contact for you tomorrow. Because oh, Christ, it's great. <laughs> and then we spent some time together around the shops. And I lost. He wrote me a beautiful letter afterwards. Oh, nice. And uh, same with John Wood. Yeah. You know, when John Wood, I spent a week with him, and it, John Wood just come in, and it was great when he landed. It was the day night day when Princess Di died and nobody wow. knew on the plane and he'd come in for Hard Target and I spent a week with him and when you to be honest with you people like Charlie's bigger stars you know John Wood took on the set of Face Off let me direct a scene wow. never made it you know what I mean got on well with John Travolta Nicolas Cage didn't want to speak to me because <laughs> he was training that time he thought he was going to be in Superman but John Travolta was great and John Wood you know, and John Wood I'm going to tell you a little story this is a true story John Wood was in town he was doing the pilot for Once a Thief Yes. And it was Savoy. And Mark Godsick and Terence Chang, who were all part of the crew, yeah. Mark Godsick's his agent, have had sent by FedEx the pilot for Once a Thief. Right. And they can't watch it. It's NTSC. Right. And I said, oh, I've got an NTSC player. Really? Yeah. Right. Now, I had a council house. I live in a council house in King's Cross. And I marched them over to my little flat. And I've got them all sitting there with cups of tea <laughs> and there. And John 
said, okay, we're going to have this at the first one. And it's got no, hardly any sound effects and anything. Sure. He said, let's all watch it, Rick. I value your opinion. So we watched this one to Faith. With, the, with John Woo, with John Woo, it, in the premier in my flat, it's never been seen. John's this is the first rough cut, and they want him to look at it. Yeah, and it was awful. Oh, it wasn't good. I don't know if it was me. You know, I've watched John Woo films, and I thought, oh my god, what yeah, am I, what am I gonna say? <laughs> and the man's in the room. It's sitting with me, <laughs> pat me on the shoulder. You yeah. know, it says, so uh, did you enjoy that? I said, I didn't know. He said, you didn't like it, did you? I said. It's for TV. Your stuff mm. doesn't work on yeah, TV yeah, for yeah. me. I want to see like 20 men being shot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want... I said, you know, it's very nice, Leslie. I said, it's all very nice. Yeah. I said, the movie's great. I love the movie. Sure. The TV show. I said, it's just... Maybe I just, you know... I, 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 do you want me to lie to you? I yeah. just couldn't get into it. I said, no. He said, I, I understand. He said, I wasn't happy with it myself. You know what I mean? But that, that's in King's Cross. The premiere of Once a Thief TV series in my... In your front yeah, room. Yeah, 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 yeah. With, with my wife serving them tea and it's small I mean you might, after that was small they went yes. and said is we in your living room I said yeah you know I said, it's a bit bijou but I said yeah. you know I said we'll feel the energy guys with regards to some of your other guests Gordon Liu as well you brought over yeah. Jet Li you brought yeah. over um, I mean how did you how did you get access to these guys because obviously they, was that, is that what it was you with Toby have... Toby speaks Cantonese and they loved us. Yeah. They just thought we were too crazy guile. Yeah, we, we were just gutsy. Yeah. But it takes we a made lot friends of faith from, from their point of view to be like, oh, there's these two guys. They say they're putting you on an event what? over you in know, London. At the time, though, we, were, we wrote that book. And all of a sudden, we'd made Germany, America, who were using that essential guide. Yeah. And suddenly, we'd built their market up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. but to them, we were, we were dangerous. But yeah. we were also bringing in money now, the film markets. And so we were getting respect. So, yeah. you know... We were known as bootleggers and that we were doing it, you know what I mean? But, but the money that was going in, and we befriended people like Charles Hung, who owned Windsor, and, and he's a dangerous guy. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, as, you know it, it, Tiffany James, like that, it, you know, that, that, that was, that was um, you know, he was Betty Timfay's boyfriend at the same time. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, we befriended people that yeah. were quite dangerous. How, how and they people. liked us. They liked Toby. Toby's a very, they like that. And we just convinced them. Yeah. To give us Jet Li, to get Che and Fat. Amazing. Donnie. Yeah. Bay was the instrumental in that one. Gordon Liu. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to, if you don't try. And we yeah. would go to Hong Kong. And that, because we were knowledgeable and they knew we looked, they thought it's got passion here. And they wanted to see that market develop. And was it a sort of like perfect storm type scenario, given the timing and the trends and the way things were going? And then during the 90s, especially, you did have the rise of, you know, Jackie and Jet Li were breaking more into Hollywood. Like it was sort it all felt like truth, it was getting with, that you know, way. I believe totally that had we not done a lot of the groundwork, maybe they wouldn't have been as well received. Mm. You know, mm. the only way you'd see a kung fu from in the 70s and probably the 80s, unless it was American, was late night kung fu. Yeah. You know, it took a while. It, you've got to, it, it takes a while. Some people liked it when it was in the underground. Some people liked me and Toby because we were this like underground people that could get anything. You know, yeah. I mean, we had this, you know, it was like the craze, <laughs> you know. But nowadays, when people listen, it, it, it did. You know, it was, it, there's an element of luck there. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's an element of luck. Yeah. But maybe it was meant to be that way. Sure. For me, right now, I still like to get involved in a film. I, I, I really wanted to go to Hong Kong. I'm still trying to get away to Hong Kong because yeah. there's opportunities out there at the moment. Um, I would like to do a big Bruce Lee event, mm. you know, really with somebody of some clout there. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they want so much money, 
But I would like to do something for his 80th. I would like to do something next year. We're thinking about bringing Tony Leung in, who's in a lot of the Bruce Lee films. Brilliant. Bruce Lai might overshadow that. Um, I would just like to build up. I would just like, I would like to have more control of the Bruce Lee market with yeah. the estate and allow us the freedom to try and create stuff that we think that the people down there want. Yeah, yeah. You know, and grow it to what they want rather than what they don't want. We have to be workaholics. I do seven days a week. Yeah. You know, even me and now at my store here in Stratford, you know, it, 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 it's, it's an obsession. I don't want to say it's an obsession, but, but if, you, if you turn the heat off, it's, it just goes. Yeah, it kind of is an obsession though, isn't it? I mean, I know personally from the podcast when I started doing this, I didn't quite, you know, realise how much work, and I've got, I do a nine to five job as well around yeah, all this. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's a tricky um it's a tricky thing, isn't it? Just juggling your yeah. passion with, um, you yeah. know, with your work, the work balance as well. It is difficult. Yeah. It is difficult. But when it goes right, you feel you've done something. Yeah. You know, if you can work in a field that you love and you've made friends and you've introduced people. You yeah. know, I've introduced a lot of people who've met through knowing me. Yeah. Good friendships. Back in the day when people used to come to the Scala, they might have been a soldier kung fu fan. They met with like-minded people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it, you know I've met some really nice people. I heard you say on the last on the Wang and Sick uh, show, uh, you said on Facebook that you were considering that that was going to be your last show. And oh, I know you know, lot- you do when you come out of these things. You think you look at it, you see your credit card, you see uh. this, and you think, you know, God, you know, you know, you need sponsorship here. You know, we need some sponsorship. So it's a little bit like Christmas or anything. You know, if you if you've spent a long time for something, when you come away from it, you think. Do I need to do this? Can I take the stress, the sleepless nights? Because Toby wasn't with you on that event either, was he? That was he? even worse. He just buggered off. Yeah. No, no, I mean, he had to go away and that. And, and, and it was quite strange because all of a sudden I had all the strings in my hand. And before it wasn't like that, you know what I mean? And I had Steve on board, but I'm always the front guy. Yeah. And, but I'm now the front guy and the back guy and you're trying to make everything work. And, and it was, it was, that's probably why in that particular one event, I thought I got enough. Yes, yeah, because yeah, you were behind the stores. You were interviewing. Something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, just, yeah. just, just, just disappear into obscurity. Yeah, you yeah. know, just disappear into obscurity, and you know, let somebody else take up the reins. But you know, you, I don't know anybody else who wants to really do it. They, they'd love to. I'm sure they'd yeah. love to do Rick's job. It's a 12-hour day. It's a lot of this. It's it, it, it's and a as long you say, time. people don't see that work that goes into uh, messages, like... They don't see a magazine. So it's just honestly, they don't. Yeah, we have meetings. We have chats. I talk to Steve about. Oh, he calls me a thousand times a week, and I speak to. You know, it, it, it's all. It just doesn't never click into mm. place. Mm. If it did, it would be lovely. Mm. If it did, people would do it. It doesn't, and you've always got that worry that something's going to go wrong. Mm. You know. But I love the fact you're still coming up with new ideas and you're still pushing it. I think it's the only way to survive. Think, yeah. You've got to do this. You know, yeah. you've got to do this. It's nice being innovative. It's nice if you're going to be remembered for things. Try and be remembered for things that you, you know. Me and Toby changed the course of Hong Kong films in the UK. Yeah. VPD and that there was out there and the old big boxes, the VHS. I'm telling you now, we have released between me and him and a guy called George. We've released more videos than anybody else in this world. I yeah. promise you that. Uh, not the best films, but but but. Rare films, obscure films. Oh, some really good ones, though, in the, in, but, in the master. But, you know, if we hadn't met, me and Toby had that chance meeting. Yeah. Um, I don't know what would have happened, you know what I mean? There's been yeah. no events, there'd have been none of this, there'd yeah. have been no Hong Kong legends, there'd yeah. have been none of this. Yeah. People don't realise. So they sit there and enjoy it. Really, most things that's happened in this country, video release or whatever, 
we've had a little bit of part in it. Yeah. You know, we may not be getting our names credited. Yeah. You know, well, I did the first box set, The Killer. That was yes. in. I did yeah. City Hunter for VPD before anybody did one. Sure. I did Naked Killer box set. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it was me anyway, so let's do the book, put a T-shirt in there. You yeah. know what I mean? It'll yeah. work. And Naked Killer was a huge seller. You know, the, the, the best thing I ever saw was being in um, Forbidden Planet and somebody picking up my book and looking at it with their friends, oh, this is great, and then you're next to it, you want to go and say, it's me. You know, I used to lurk around the store in HMB, people look at the, the things, and I'd stand up and I'd start selling it to them, you know what I mean, yeah, to try yeah. and get our sales up. You know, I'd say, no, that's my, really, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Have you seen this film? So there's always that salesman side. Sure, you. sure. Um, Ricky, I, I, I think I, I feel I should let you go. I wanted we'll do, to... Uh, we'll do a part two. Yeah, I stage. think maybe we should. Yeah. Ricky, thank you so much for your time. All right, Ben. Cheers, thank you. Wow, wow, there we go, folks. Ricky Baker, what a great way to end the series. Uh, such a knowledgeable uh, and passionate fan of, uh, of martial arts movies and Bruce Lee, and that was great to just sit and talk to Ricky, as it always is. Listen, folks, that is the end of the season. Thank you so much. Uh, for your support and for listening um, I've got a few people that I'd like to thank if I may uh, as it is the last episode uh, I am very grateful to uh, Mark Durrant and George Dennis at the South London Media Hub for their ongoing uh, technical support George does uh, all the mastering of this podcast so um, it's pretty much the main reason why it sounds as good as it does so a massive thank you to George for his hard work I'd also like to thank everyone who has appeared on this show mainly because um, you know they took a chance in in taking part in something which hadn't even been established uh, and you know took the time out to talk to me about their lives and, and careers and I'd like to thank each and every one of those for um, for taking the time to do that which was very kind of everyone I'd also like to thank each and every one of you who's been listening and said anything nice about the show, either over email or over Twitter or on Facebook. Um, I'm basically a massive fan, uh, and uh, to do something which other uh, fans of martial arts movies find entertaining and educational uh, it is really the highest praise indeed, so thank you all so much uh, for that. So if you guys would like to hear more episodes or have any suggestions for... Uh, you know improvements or future guests on the show uh, i would very much love to hear from you the email address is as always hello at kungfumovieguide.com uh, and you can always get hold of me over twitter and facebook as well and remember if you do enjoy this show uh, if there's someone that you think would also enjoy uh, listening into it then do recommend it to them help to pass on the good word of the kung fu movie guide podcast um I will be continuing to write stuff for the for the website, obviously, so make sure you check in, uh, read all the latest martial arts movie reviews uh, and some uh, reviews and analysis of the more classic titles um, by logging onto the website. The website address is, of course, kungfumovieguide.com. Uh, yeah, that's just about it. Make sure you're nice to each other. Make sure you look after yourself uh, and you take care. And I very much look forward to being in touch again after the holidays with more podcasts until then stay safe food followers and i will catch you next time on the kung fu movie guide podcast may buddha bless you bye for now
podcast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.